Good morning and welcome to the new media show. And I want to welcome uh, Rob back from his uh, trip overseas. Good morning, Rob. How are you? Doing terrific, Todd. Glad to be on this side of the pond, as they say. Yeah. When, so, when did you get back? Yesterday or? Yeah, I got back uh, kind of kind of late late last night. Well, I, I wondered if you were going to be available. I couldn't remember if you were going to be available or not. Did you uh, did you sleep on the plane? <laughs> yeah, as I know as much as I can. I. I, I, I listen to a lot of podcasts and watch a bunch of videos and stuff like that, but it's kind of, uh, kind of boring just sitting there. As you well know, uh, you do a lot of traveling, so there's lots of things that you can do. You can work on your tablet or you can just sit around and contemplate <laughs> life. Well, I, uh, yeah, I, I, I guess I have a little experience in that. And I, to be honest with you, it's, and let me bring this back. I'm all thumbs here this morning trying to get stuff set up. Is that, uh, you know, I, I have a strategy when I fly now. And uh, night flights, it's obviously uh, includes a, um, a stimulant to help you sleep. <laughs> I don't know if you, if you call that a stimulant, but uh, an over-the-counter, like something like Somonex or something like that. Oh, yeah. And then, yeah. And then daytime flights, I absolutely don't sleep. Uh, so I can be home, you know, and then make it all the way to the evening and then, and crash, but, uh, Kindle and I don't, I, I, you know, I was for a while there going online during flights, but I stopped. I just forced myself to no email. It can wait. So that's my sanctuary time. Yeah. I don't usually try and get online either. Um, it's number one is it can be a little expensive. So, and if you don't fly a lot. I mean, it doesn't make a lot of sense. I don't, I don't fly that much. I, I certainly don't fly as much as you do, Todd, yep. but, um, and, and frankly, I don't really miss, miss it. I used to fly <laughs> way too much. So I like to have my feet on the ground. So that's a, that's a good thing. Someone in the chat room said, uh, Todd Cochran, proving a point, recognize me with my name, Mike Kelly. Yes, we are actually live. Yes. <laughs> This is not this recorded is, to tape. No, this is. But most most people that will see this uh, will be uh, yeah. on on replay. Yeah, yes. yeah. But it's it shows live up in the corner. So, but well, good. How was your? So anyway, you were in Italy, yeah. So how was your team? Uh, how was your team meeting? Uh, I it was fantastic. Everybody uh, got up and gave gave some presentations and shared you know, shared some ideas, um, about their, their work life and their passions. So it was, it was terrific. It's always good, good, good food, good times. Um, it's always, always good to spend time with the team. So, um, you know, being, being that we're so far apart, you know, uh, it's, it, it's good to do that every six months. So that that's kind of the frequency as we try and get together every six months at least. Yeah, our team, you know, typically we only do it once a year, but we are also going to a lot of events together. So, yeah. you know, we'll either stay a day or two or something like that. So our team is having theirs in uh, in February. Yeah. So we're, uh, and it's basically where we set our agenda for the year. It's a, it's a heavy, and we're going to do it down in Florida this year. Um, but it's usually a pretty heavy agenda, and we've got it scripted out already. It's where we plan the work. Well, we talk about the work we didn't get done, and we talk about the work we need to do. 
<laughs> so are you doing your meeting down in down in Florida about the time frame of uh of uh, a couple of podcast events? Yeah, in between. So in, in, in between. Oh yeah. okay. the couple days that are in between. Yeah. Is that what the plan is? Yeah, oh, we're okay. gonna lock ourselves in in some I don't know, we're in some villa or something. I don't know. <laughs> Yeah, and for those that don't know what we're talking about, it's the PodFest Orlando event in towards the end of uh, February and the National Religious Broadcasters Conference down in Orlando. They're, they're about two days apart in late February. I just had to turn you up a little bit on the, on the volume to so reach back behind the stack. Well, today I am actually, uh, on a personal note, I'm, exci- I'm very excited. I'm moving a, a large majority of my gear that I don't use on a weekly basis um, actually into storage unit. We've been storing it in overhead, and uh, when that then that's not uh, climate controlled and heat up there is starting to take a uh, and do an impact on some stuff. So I've I've rented a very small uh, storage unit to put stuff in. So as soon as the show's over, we're moving into that so what does that mean are you just kind of taking stuff out of your house and yeah and kind of kind of freeing up some space well it's all been because you know space in hawaii is such a premium there's never room so i have headed up in my attic you know i'm on a single floor dwelling Mm -hmm. you know i only have a um you know i don't don't have there's just no storage space you have to rent it Either that, or you, you know, you make yourself your neighbors mad by piling it up in the backyard or something. <laughs> <laughs> so, and you don't want to do that, right? No, not nah. neighbors mad. No, you get the association after you too. So I don't need that. But anyway, uh, enough fun, just stupid stuff. We've got uh, there's been some news, a lot of stuff yeah. moving in the space. Um, and I tell you, I'm just, I mean, I'm looking over the. You know, just our numbers, uh, customer numbers. Uh, you know, the space is man, it's booming. It's you know, there's still a lot of new shows coming online. Yep, and it amazes me. This is the the real content era. I think that that's that's the real story here. I don't think that the story is advertising necessarily no. around podcasting. I I just think it's a boom of all sorts of content and. People trying new new content. The production values are getting better. People are experimenting again, and that's yeah. that's what marked the beginning of this medium was people experimenting. It, um, but it's mainly focused on uh, content now. And, and what and it's yeah. amazing all the number of new companies that are starting up that they're trying their hand at advertising. You yeah. know, I, I, we that we talked about this a year ago that yeah. we wondered if some of this would start to shake out. Um, you know, maybe by June, you know, 18 months, people will run out of their investment cash. We'll see if that happens, but I don't see a big uptick in, you know, we've had a fair number of advertisers come in this year and do a fair number of deals, but it hasn't been huge. It hasn't been like this, uh, watershed. So I, you know, I keep seeing I just saw this week, I think two or three that announced advertising relationships and stuff, but I don't, I don't hear podcasters talking about it. Yeah. I just don't think that advertising is, is really that big of a deal. Um, for the majority of shows. I mean, it's, 
it's kind of been there all along. Yeah. And it's just been growing at a, at a small clip based on, you know, shows becoming big and popular. And, and that's that, that just kind of follows with that. But it is, you know, one topic that we've talked about a lot on this show over the years, over many years is, is getting advertising and getting dollars into smaller podcasts. Yeah. Um, and I think was this pod pod hive is bringing some attention to that. Um, and what's funny is it's like, it's news because they're doing that, but it's tr- not though. Truth be told, that's what I made my bread and butter on. Yeah, I know you have. <laughs> well, welcome to Pod High. Welcome to the club. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. And you have no idea what you're walking into, right? No, yeah. they don't. You know, and, yeah. and you know, if they if they want to listen, I can give them some advice. <laughs> yeah. And it's actually some free, valuable advice. Yeah, it's um, from the school of hard knocks. Yeah, yes. you're, and I I read this. I said your podcast map have at least four hundred monthly downloads. Pod Hive notes that 100 plus downloads per show if you produce four shows a month. Um, <laughs> um, now here's my advice for Pod Hive. Now listen, listen carefully. <laughs> There's three types of podcasters. Okay. There are the professional podcasters that are part of networks that are doing tens of thousands of and maybe not even tens of thousands. They're part of a professional network. They're business oriented and they, number one, want to make money, want to do this full time. <laughs> number two is the group that I'm in. It's the middle-sized group of podcasters that are doing podcasts on a regular basis that are um, pretty uh, professional. They will answer their email and they will they will uh, participate in campaigns with a, a, a minor amount of cat herding. Okay, just a minor amount of, you know, self-directing, right or left, straight forward, back and forth. And then there's this other group of podcasters that are hobbyists that think they want to make money, but don't answer their email, uh, don't listen, can't be directed. Um, and it, so long as you align with group two and group three, actually I should group two and group three, you're probably doing fine. <laughs> But I think what they're going to find is that most folks in that group too, and don't, you know, if you're a podcast listener and you have, and you only have a thousand people listen to your show, don't get mad at me here. But what I think we find is that shows that are relatively serious about building a, an audience and building a show and wanting advertising are also actively pursuing building their audiences and typically grow at a much faster rate than those shows. So when someone, while I will not walk, tell a show that's got four or 500 or thousand listeners per episode to walk away. Um, I also always encourage them to say, what is this really worth to you for, for your audience? Is it better to run your own ad or is it better to self promote or do an affiliate deal as a show of that size versus I'll be happy to put you on a campaign if you participate. But when you get into dollar amounts that, frankly, um, is not that much, and maybe it's a, maybe you're going to get a check the size of your hosting bill a month, and you know that's like on the lower plan. If you you know if you have only 400 monthly downloads, unless you're reaching rocket scientists, you're you're or you're reading you're reaching neurosurgeons or you know a real distinct explicit 
not explicit unique group you, you know that not going to be a very big check um as a matter of fact you may you know i would almost say you know if it's if you're not going to make 50 bucks off an ad deal what why even do it right so um that would be my can you know that that's you know i wish him luck to start at 400 monthly downloads but you know very quickly they're going to find this uh you know that they may spend more time herding cats than they do executing advertising buys. Well, and they're not really very clear, uh, Podhive, that I've I, I've seen of uh, what kind of advertising we're talking about here. Um, I mean, are they doing CPA or are they doing CPM? Because CPMs um, at this kind of numbers, they don't make that doesn't make a lot of sense. Um, I, I mean, unless your C, you know, your CPM numbers are pretty high, I, it doesn't make a lot of sense. It says pot um, will connect. Actually, it makes sense, uh, you know, because it doesn't make dollars. <laughs> right. Well, they so. say that pot is going to connect advertisers to sign up between four hundred and twenty thousand download months, twenty thousand downloads a month. They also match advertisers with podcasts based on podcast subject matter type and geographic download information. Okay, well. If you're going to be geographic targeting, and we've been doing some numbers on that, Rob, I've been having a little fun with that. Mm-hmm. Um, good luck with that geographic targeting, and 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 subdividing that number even more, especially if you have only 400 downloads a month. And that's one of you know we've talked about this on the show before too, and that gets back into the topic of you know local podcasts, right? right I mean, right. how many people? are listening to your podcast in Seattle, you know, or mm-hmm. how many people are listening to your podcast in, uh, in Hawaii? Mm-hmm. You know? So if you're trying to target an advertiser that's in a local market, it's, it's going to be difficult to reach really any kind of scale. Um, I mean, even, even the biggest podcasts struggle to get scale in a local market. Um, you know, radio kind of has that locked up because I mean, even even some of the biggest radio stations in, you know, like New York City or whatever, they can get like maybe maybe a million, but there's tens of millions of people there. So that they aren't even reaching huge numbers as a percentage. Even a even a local radio station that's been broadcasting for thirty years. Um, and so a podcast reaching any kind of scale in a local market is is a challenge. I mean, I saw it firsthand at podcast one. I mean, very few podcasts could be effectively targeted to a local city. I mean, there were certain advertisers that wanted to come in and target their brand, uh, because they were regional brands. So they wanted to target the message to listeners that were listening to like the Adam Carolla show in like, uh, down in the Southeast. Cause there was a chain of, automotive parts stores down in the Southeast. And so they wanted to target only reaching people that were listening to the Adam Carolla show in the Southeast, you know, like in Atlanta and that, that part of the country. Um, and I know the company struggled to get, um, the impressions or the downloads, uh, to meet the campaign requirements. So you, you have to, to realize that that's the challenge though. Targeting is the opportunity, I believe, for um, small aver- small podcasters. Um, but 
targeting on a national basis, not a local basis. Yeah. Um, and, and I think that that's the opportunity. Um, and we also talked about this too, that for some smaller podcasters, it might make more sense to do CPA deals depending on how targeted that audience is. Yeah, I would um, uh, definitely agree on that. And there's a, we, we could probably spend the show just talking about that strategy, but, um, yeah. there was a, before it goes off the, it actually has slid off the chat room already, but Mike, I don't know if I have the month that is the most popular for new podcast. Um, they've come in at a pretty steady clip, two, three to 5,000 a month. So, yeah, you know, it really hasn't, uh, but you know, 50% of those are gone within two months too. So, um, you know, we need to, you know, put some criteria on that. Cause if there was 60,000 people entering the space every month for, you know, 10 years, there would, you know, it'd be huge, but we're, we're, we're not seeing that many new shows survive. Mm-hmm. So I, I know from a listener standpoint, you know, um, and I, I don't know if we talked about this on the last show, Rob, but come Christmas, matter of fact, the day after Christmas, you better be cranking content. Uh, you better be cranking content actually from about the 19th when people typically start their Christmas vacation through uh, January 7th, 8th, even all the way up to the 15th. It is the number one onboarding time of new listeners. It is not the time to take a vacation from your show. Yep. You know, it, uh, that is, that is the time to, as a matter of fact, do some specials, turn up the heat because people have all this extra time on their hands and they relax and want to listen to some shows and they got a new device and they want to subscribe or even uh, more importantly, purge. A lot of people purge around the new year. So if your show hasn't been on a regular basis and you're not there for two or three weeks during holidays, you might end up on the purge list because they say, uh, he hasn't th- he or she has not been considered enough to give me any content over the holidays. Goodbye. So, Todd, it's not just belly fat that people want to lose. It's uh, for the new year. Yeah, it's their, <laughs> it's what they listen to. So, uh, you know, yeah. put those extra episodes in. A lot of people said, "Oh, this is just the opposite." I, I see the my slowest time. Well, yeah, maybe because you're not creating content. So, don't don't slack off. Um, let's see here. Local market would need to be very so yeah. kind of kind of staying on the theme of what we were talking around around podcast advertising. I, I guess the IEB put out a a digital audio buyer's guide. Yeah, what they, it looks like. they updated the buyer's guide. Ah, okay. So um, this is version two point of the buyer's guide. And mm-hmm. oops, let's see here. I didn't put it up. Let me bring me back and. So it, it looks like go ahead. they're including, um, I guess, some information about um, voice-activated products like the Amazon Echo, which yeah. is becoming increasingly popular, which we've been talking about this, on this show for probably over a year now of the potential impact that like an Echo device can, can have on the podcasting space. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So this can... Yeah, go, go ahead, Todd. And it's just not podcast. This is everything audio. It includes streaming. So it's not um, it's not podcast specific, but there is podcast data in there. Mm-hmm. So, uh, you know, I basically spent about five hours going over this thing with a fine-tooth comb and providing feedback and, 
you know, it's, it's a lot of, uh, charts and, you know, demographics and, you know, I was, I was actually, you know, it, it's a great read for a podcaster and you probably should read it. Uh, but you know, basically what's going to happen are media buyers are going to skim this thing. <laughs> They're going to look at the big pictures and probably won't read a lot of the details in it. So that's, as it is pretty extensive, that's why they, um, that's why they have essentially, uh, uh, put a lot of graphs and charts in it. But if you look at the number of companies that were involved, uh, ABC News, CBS, uh, ESPN, uh, Podcast One, Libsyn, Ravoy, Slate, Spotify, uh, Wide Orbit, WNYC, Google, Hearst, uh, Midroll, National Public Radio, uh, Pandora, PBS, uh, you know, so, you know, large, I guess, 80, well, there's a huge, it's just a huge stack. It's, you can see it right here, a huge number of companies involved and um, that were involved in this. And you can tell it's like 20 pages long. So, yeah. But we so are, I also heard that there, there's a, there's an article on the Huffington Post talking about the five metrics to measure the success of a podcast. Oh, really? I I did not go over that one. Um, what uh, what propaganda did they spew? It says, well, hint. You know, this is the the kind of link bait here. Yeah. Downloads isn't uh, one of them. <laughs> well, good. That's a good start. Now, it's coming from Huffington Post. I'm immediately discard about 50% of their uh, viability here with just that coming from that web. It's typically a rag like of the other sites, but so what do they have to say? <laughs> well, um, hmm, it says any marketing executive worth their weight will be hyper-focused on one thing, return on investment. Uh-huh. So I guess uh, that's, that's, that's the importance of uh of the success of your podcast is what when there's a return on investment. Hmm. So that's the key key metric, Todd. Did, didn't you get the memo on that one? Yeah. No. <laughs> so relationships, yes, are important. Waterfall content. I've never heard that term used in podcasting. Uh, is water? What is waterfall? Uh, waterfall content strategy takes a single piece of content and multiplies, expand the content's reach. What, by having a writer listen to each podcast episode, you can repurpose your interviews into blog. Oh, okay. So it's repurposing content that's already been written. Oh, okay. A waterfall. Hmm, okay. That's interesting. Long-term, yeah. R, long-term ROI. There is some long-term. Yeah, okay. This is probably the smartest thing they've said in the whole article. And I haven't read it. I've just picked this off of just scanning this thing. The long-term ROI of podcasts is like a slow-cooked meal. <laughs> yeah anyone who wants the flavor and the richness but oh not my God. many people are willing to wait the eight hours it takes to 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 cook it yeah so yeah. well they have more than five things in this list okay uh it's hard to pick out <laughs> what it's like it, this thing goes on forever I'm, measuring I'm, thought leadership is that what they said Oh, that must have come from somebody that attended a mastermind. Measuring yeah, thought leadership. Go. that That's definitely someone that's been part of some mastermind that's paid $3,000 a year to be part of it. 
website traffic and how many unique and repeat visitors are coming to your site as a measure of thought leadership. Okay. All right. In inbound leads, how many leads are coming to you instead of going to them? And this is definitely a business. Yeah. Well, the, the fellow that wrote the article and, oh. and sometimes it's important to look at the, um, yeah, the, the, the source. Yeah. <laughs> Cause oftentimes they'll, they'll have an agenda. Yeah. Um, is the co-host of a podcast called B to B growth show. Oh, <laughs> uh, B, you can almost, you know, just by reading the title of a show, you're like, mm -hmm. you know, yeah. you, nothing wrong with that, James. <laughs> oh no, no, that's all right. He's uh, plowing new ground here, Todd. So but he, it's a huge article. It's long. I'm going to yeah. have to go through and actually read it. So, well, you know, Todd, I'm, Todd, I'm sure if you applied to the Huffington Post, you could probably get a no, get a blog no, on no, the Huffington Post no. if you wanted to. Yeah, I'm sure I could. <laughs> no, there you go. No, my, my brand is at geeknewcentral.com. So. That's true. That's yeah. true. You don't want to share that that important traffic. That's right. And thought leadership. Yes, with, thought, thought leadership. With the Huffington Post, yes. And, you know, a lot of, but, you know, I, I probably uh, um, have assaulted some people here. Thought leadership is good if you are the actual leader in a space. You know, a lot of people come in and they do five podcast episodes and they then think they are the leader in that, in that topic content. Um, you know, I, I think if people, even me, uh, Keep egos checked at the door and understand that we are contributors to, um, you know, yep. content pass, I think is the, from my perspective, always better than saying, I am the thought leader. Yes. <laughs> or I know all the answers to everything. Yeah. It's not true. We don't, we don't profess to know all the answers to everything, but we just have many years in this industry and have seen things come and go. Yeah. Um, yeah. I thought it was funny what Jimmy Fallon is doing on the Tonight Show with his podcast segment. Have you seen this? Yeah, I heard about it. I haven't watched it, but everyone said it was pretty funny. Yeah. 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 So I guess he's been showing uh, and kind of talking about like Pee Wee Herman's podcast and the Shack podcast and. And a bunch of shows here on, yeah, he's got a special segment that he, he, he does this. He actually wears headphones while he does his show during this segment. Really? Yeah. But the headphones aren't plugged into anything. <laughs> <laughs> Just like the mic on the desk on the night show is never plugged into anything. Yeah. So funny. There was a, a uh, Mike's asking another question in the chat room. And it's kind of off topic. What do you think of the small echo versus the big one? The big echo is great for the living room. The small echo is good for the, for the bedroom. Um, either one do exactly the same thing, depending on what you have it hooked to. Use a small echo and hook it to your stereo you know, or to hook it to a speaker and you'll be fine. And they work exactly the same. Oh, is that a good, good day? Uh, use for the echoes to, plug it into like a like a receiver or something like that well you, the small one you have to if oh, you, you want do. if you want good sound it's okay. got a little tiny speaker on its own but it's you know it's it's hardly 
anything. It, you can barely hear it. Does the small one still have the same kind of performance? Oh, yeah. Or yeah, the performance it, okay. is yeah, not any different. I would imagine it's all it's all server side anyway, right? Yep. So you know, for I was having a, a party going on next door, and I don't have my dot, the small one, hooked up to a speaker. I just have it set on the bedstand, really, really close to my. Uh, it's about you know two feet from my head, and uh, I was playing some jazz or something on, and I said, you know, I kept telling Alexa, turn the volume up. Alexa, turn the volume up. <laughs> And it, you know, it would pause as it was turning the volume up and it was tr turned all the way up. It couldn't go any higher. <laughs> so I needed to have it on a speaker. So, but, so anyway, yeah, the, you know, it's, it's good that uh, podcast on, you know, Fallon made is mainstream. We need more of that. You know, let that, that let the guy do a podcast skit every week. You know, I think that's awesome. Yeah. Well, it does does bring bring attention to the medium yeah so which is which is what we need more of yeah but i i saw another uh article talking about potomatic and i actually was kind of surprised i didn't i thought potomatic i haven't heard anything from them i thought they were like gone um i i to be honest with you I, you couldn't if someone asked me who's behind potomatic i have no idea I have no clue who runs that over there um do you know rob have anybody over there? Um, I thought it was kind of like a a Chinese thing or something. I oh, are they like sure. are they like Podbean? They're Chinese based. So, well, I'm not sure. Okay, but uh, anyway, they made it. I mean, deal. they've they've been they've been a sponsor of like the the podcast movement event. I know that, so they have been involved oh. in the space. Yeah, I just don't. I can't put a. I can't put a face to that company so I, I guess i'm gonna have to dig around but they've uh, partnered up with uh again another advertising thing my, uh, a company called Ad, Ad, advertise cast uh, yeah and uh advertise cast is another site that is but they've kind of got like a um portfolio so i'll bring it up on the on the website here so actually i gotta load it in a browser first the right browser so you you basically have to list all your show's details so you have to list uh, your show name your reach how many how much it costs so it's actually a you know they've got their pricing right on there so You know, here's a show that's is supposedly reaches fifty thousand in there. There, I don't know what that means. Starting at twenty five dollars CPM or, or what? But anyway, they've got lots of people that have listed their shows over there, and uh, I don't know if people are getting any uh, traction by advertising over there or not. Well, there, well, there's not that many. There's three hundred ninety three shows that are listed on ad, 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 advertised cast. But anyway, Potomatic has teamed up with them, and um, they're, I guess they're going to help sell advertising into Potomatic's platform. Well, I guess it's it's good good to see a site that's actually putting out the, publicly their CPMs. Yeah, I was going <laughs> to click on one of these and actually see if it's a CPM or if it's a 
let's see, it reaches 500. Oh yeah, it's, it is a, it is a CPM rate. So yeah, five and so, ten. So that's you know that's shows got to be careful. And shows are putting out that they're going to take five dollar CPM. Oh, there's a show that starts at one hundred seventy five dollar CPM, reaches uh five hundred people. <laughs> oh, that's funny. So, so what's the domain name of that site? advertisecast.com is the site advertisecast I think these things are popping up all over the place and um, so who is this let me see if I can it says we're we're hiring partners let me load up contact us let's see here who is this who are these folks well there's a sales lead uh, it's been posted since October and uh, they say they, they've got inventory of $2 million a, a week with a, in their inventory of 393 shows reaches 100 million people. I think there's a little stretch there with 393 shows. Um, yeah, these aren't, these aren't really big shows. And they're out of Oshkosh, Wisconsin. So it never, never says who is the... Oh, about us. Let's go to about us page. Let me see if I can find out who it is. Yeah, I don't know. Again, never a face. You know, come on, companies. You got to put a face behind your your brand. So Rob and I don't have to go dig around and figure out who you are. <laughs> I'm sure they'll be at podcast movement. Yeah. Which it looks like they were at last year's event, right? Yeah. yeah. I think I, I think I actually found this uh, link to this article on the podcast movement uh, Facebook page. Oh, and it, it also looks like they were at the Mid Atlantic Podcast Conference too. Yeah, so they're probably an East Coast company if they went to that. Yeah, they're they're out of Oshkosh, Wisconsin, is where they're at. Ah, uh, so okay. anyway, another one. So again, another. And it looks like they've tried to automate some of their sales. So. And maybe they don't have to have too big. But there's been an yeah. interesting announcement by Uber too, or or that they've uh or unless you were you done with this or did you want to move on? No, no, go go ahead. Yeah. Uh Uber's move partnered on. with Auto Radio to play podcasts for passengers. So they come up with a unique playlist based upon your drive time. So however long your drive is will be how long the playlist for your ride will be, which is, this is kind of a unique deal. So next time I'm, I'm going to have to load this auto radio app. And next time I do Uber, I'm going to have to try this, but, um, podcast producer like to have their shows included in this program can use auto radios claim form to ensure they're listed in the autos directory. But the next time you request a ride using Uber, a playlist of news stories and podcasts, perfectly timed for your trips duration will be waiting for your auto radio once the drivers arrive, you can sit back and enjoy your personally created listening experience and arrive at your destination up to date about things you care about the most, or at least what they think you care about the most, because they're going to create playlists for you. Uh, auto radio. Is this an app it must, platform? It must be an Primarily app. I've, I've, heard it about, like. I've heard about it once before. Um, let's see here. Here's, they've got um, 
your news selected from over a thousand sources, your podcast curated from over 35,000 shows. So there's, there's a, probably a pretty good chance that the show that you like to listen to probably isn't in here. <laughs> well, I, I think I've heard, you know, and just be fair with the auto folks. I pretty sure I heard from them. I think they've got a lot of shows. I mean, you know, let's, let's see if we're in there. I mean, I'm sure that they're the top shows, right? Oh, I'm sure that plays the, the thing for Uber. Uh, we're in the, yeah. we're in here. The, the new media shows in there. Yeah. So let's. Oh yeah. Yeah. I see it here. So yeah. And of course that came up with one thirty. Where's the actual show listing? How do I get to that? All right, that brings up uh, pod, podcasts. Oh. Uh, it it looks like they're they're listing the video version of our show. Yeah. in here, and and it appears like the the album art is old, not accurate on the audio and on the video side. It's 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 a, an earlier version. So they've they took us a, a snapshot. Of something. Of our show a long time ago. Yeah. Well, the listing that's on the page right now doesn't even have an album art. And it's bizarre. So, yeah, they've, they've got a great curation process over there. So, it's up to date. <laughs> Number 149 is in there. So, yeah, they're parsing the feed. They're just, as, as with a lot of platforms, they they struggle to properly handle al album art and cover art. Yep. This is a common problem in um, most podcasting platforms. There was, um, I want to share with you just, and I don't normally air dirty laundry, but you ever run into uh, a customer that just, that you can go, you do everything you do and you just can't satisfy them. <laughs> Yeah, that's happened before. Yeah, I, I had one last week. I just could not satisfy the guy. There was nothing wrong, and he was still yelling at me to fix something. And it was, I'm like, what do you want me to fix? You're, you're good. You're running. You're up, and and come back and you know, explicatives, explicatives, <laughs> fix it, fix it. I'm like, you're fixed. You know, <laughs> there's nothing wrong. <laughs> I don't know. If people at some point get on a terror and uh. They just get so mad they can't see. I, I they're very. I mean, I mean, like, like in eleven years, I really can't even think of a time that uh, I had so much trouble with one client. So you can just. You well, know. sometimes it it seems to stem from. I mean, I've had the experience too. You can't seem to speak the same language with them, and it's hard to solve their problem because they don't understand what's happening. And thus, they can't explain it to you. Well, we, we traded off and put them on the phone and, uh, you know, with Mike. And it just, you know, it was, it was, oh, it was crazy. Yeah. And, uh, but anyway, it's just, I, I think sometimes that happens. Mm hmm So. Uh, I mean, you can only do so much to, yeah. to help, you know, especially over the phone. Yeah. <clears throat> so, and even doing go to meeting and everything else. It's just, it's, uh, and I think some, and it, it, it well, I, I won't stereotype, but it, it was, it was an interesting week. 
<laughs> from a support standpoint with one person. And otherwise, everybody else was, you know, calm. <laughs> yeah. You know, and we go the extra mile, you know. But, yeah, I think we've always done that. I know I do that with um, many of the the clients for Spreaker, too. If, I, if the, somebody reaches out to me, I'm going to do what I can to help them or fix their problem or whatever. And I, I, you know, I make that promise to everybody I talk to. Yeah. It's, it's hard to really do that in a practical way to help everybody. But I mean, but you kind of have to put it out there that you're available if you want to be taken credible these days. Yeah. You know, and it, it, yeah, I tell you what was, uh, you know, for us was, um, when uh, Mike came on full time, I was just like, man, I should have brought you on a year earlier. It just, uh, you know, full time a year earlier just has made such a difference. So, mm-hmm. he's our he's our dude. So, being, of course, Sean being, helped. Being quick to help and yeah, be, being being available rapidly when when someone's having a problem and um is is a good business practice these days. Yep. So, what else did you have in your stack? Anything else that was stuck out at you? And from a new standpoint. Um, I don't know. I, not necessarily. I, it's just, we're coming up to the end of the year and, and we're, we're going to be in a whole new cycle here coming up in 2017 with, you know, podcast events and activities. And, um, I don't know. I mean, it feels like things are a little different now. I don't, I mean, from a news cycle perspective, Mm -hmm. I mean, there, there are a regular flow of articles coming out, but I don't, see anything really groundbreaking right around the corner no do you no i think we're uh we're on the maybe we're on the um uh, well we always have been on the steady growth rate but it's uh you know i i think we're gonna start seeing some movement next year and some stuff but uh you know i it's gonna be curious because i'm getting a lot of pitches right now for programmatic and i just don't think the space is ready for it um, they yeah, might I agree. Be. I don't think uh, they they want to get that rolling. You know, the the big companies want programmatic on. They got to pay for their investments of their you know what they've invested in the podcasting space. They got to start cranking money, you know, to pay for the infrastructure they put in place. I just don't think podcasters are are ready to take uh, five dollar CPMS. I think that the challenge, though, is is making programmatic um, capable of higher CPMs. I, that's that's the challenge. I mean, if it's like I like you say, if if that's the reality of programmatic, it's uh, it's it's a dead man walking. Yeah. So, you know, a lot of podcasters are not going to participate. Yep, we're going to tackle it next year. I think I think we'll be able to. Um, you know, I think it'll be about time. You know, and the timing might be right. Mm-hmm. Uh, we've already done a lot of work, and you know, we already got stuff that that uh, stitching systems already built. So, I just got to flip it into an interface that will, um, yeah. you know, basically change it into a system that is we're, we're using internally to something that can be external. Well. I'll probably I'll probably reach out to Sarah Sarah Van Mosel and maybe we can have her on to talk about this because I know she's a big proponent of what we're talking about yeah. here. 
Did you, um, uh, by chance, see what uh, one of my Twitter posts that I put up? Um, I've been doing some testing. No, I didn't see this. Oh, Why don't you wow. tell us? Let me see if I can actually show you. All right. So for those of you that are listening, I'm going over to my Twitter page at uh, twitter.com forward slash geek news. And um, let me bring it up here. So let's see if I can blow this up so people can see this better. Okay. Uh, how come the page is not refreshing? There we go. Let me let me make it bigger. Uh, control plus. Where's that at? Okay. So now we can maybe you can actually see it. Let's see if you can. Oh, that's the wrong. What am I? What what page am I on? Come on, Todd. I have two browsers, and only one of them I can put on the screen. Okay, so, yeah, most of you can see that. So, at least on Twitter, you click on the play button, and it brings up our player. And you can play the podcast in Twitter. Welcome to episode one. So, that is... Oh, that's great. Great Yeah, so that's, that's done. And then uh, the Facebook piece is done too. So if I go to my Facebook page and let's see, we're live on there. If I scroll down, so it's done on Facebook too. So you can play on Facebook as well. But what we've done on Facebook is a little bit interesting. Um, it's only a two minute clip. So let me bring it down here to the end, near the end. And then you guys can, I'm going to start it at uh, one, 1 minute and 47 seconds. You guys should be able to hear this on the speaker. Oh, and of course, the, I really want to say false. So we fade. I've been listening to a short introduction. So what we do is we take a two minutes, the first two minutes of the show, and then we append a advertisement or basically a uh, go check my show out at my home website on the end of that. Oh. So what ends up happening and what we have found out and is that most people don't listen to more than two or three minutes of content on Facebook before they're scrolling on. Yeah. They, they don't listen to an entire to entire no, episode. No, because they're, they're going through their, their wall, checking out all the posts. You know? Right. So that, that's, that's the user behavior. And that's why you know, media consumption on Facebook is, is not that great. So, I mean, it is great across many, many pieces of content. But it's just like uh, kind of just like YouTube. It's a short, short format medium. Right. So we took two minutes, give people the ability yep. to talk about their show for the first two minutes in their normal intro, which will intro and hopefully and there's a double edged sword here. Um, and then at the end of that two minutes, we give them time to advertise their podcast and tell people that they've just listened to that short promo where to go listen to their show. So the um, what we have found 
also is that most podcasters lose new listeners within the first five minutes of their show. They listen for about five minutes. They figure out whether they like the show or not. They bounce. So we're on on Facebook. Is that what you're saying? Or on Twitter or both? In general, in general, you know, just, just, um, so you're talking about even, even iTunes or Stitcher. Yeah. So, you know, someone's going to make a judgment about your show within the first, you know, three to five minutes of your show. So we're hoping that the, the people that employ this, um, will take the time to think about how they're doing their intros um, and maybe be able to carry an audience a little bit longer um, in, when they're just first discovering the podcast. So, you know, your regular listeners, you know, and I'm even going to be changing up my intro um, to, to more um, make the person that's just checking out the show for the very first, first time to want to hang, you know, to want to hang for the content. So a lot of podcasters don't do a good job at that. I've been remiss at it as well because I've had the same intro for years, but your intros for your intro should be for your new listener, not for the longtime subscriber. And also get your longtime subscribers excited about the lineup for the day. So yep. anyway, we'll see how this works out. And we got yeah, the- so I've been I've been playing around with that concept too on on my speaker live show where I I'll tease the the main topics of the show write it i mean like the first thing that they hear yep and then i play just my 15 second uh you know kind of music bed and then i then i come into the show so i'll actually just mention you know topic one topic two topic three just at the top uh and then the show starts so i i don't know if that's better or if if the show needs a little brief kind of explanation for what it is. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know what's your thought on that, Todd. Is it, is it good to just give a brief intro to the, to what the show is or, or not? I think, think, I think, yeah, I think so. And I think you have to introduce yourself and I, I, I think that's important. Uh, I never used to give a lineup of the show. It'd be 15 minutes in before we got into the content. So now I do a, you know, here's like the top five things I'm going to talk about. At the, you know, and I am slowly changing my, my introduction up so that people get a, you know, get a handle of what's going to be covered during the show that day, you know, at least a small piece. Yeah. I always thought that people want to know what the topics are right out of the gate and they, they may not actually read the, the, uh, you know, the show notes before they actually listen and you can't really do a good job of necessarily explaining the depth of your program in your title though your title is pretty important it needs to be almost almost um you know it needs to to quickly describe your your main topic if you have a topic and a lot of shows really can't do that because they're they have so many topics and they're they're there may not be one main topic um so you kind of it's like a show like yours todd i mean you probably um, pick like one main theme or a, a, a concept that's in the show. I know um, Leo Laporte will just take something funny from the show. Well, I, I will uh, take usually the one that I'm going to rant on the most. You know, I, I look through the 30 some articles I'm going to cover and I pick, so here's my, here's my lead off and I, and I'll, I'll title the show from the lead off, the one that I'm going to, 
get on my soapbox and yell about. <laughs> yeah. Yell. Yeah. But that is, you know, that we'll, we'll see how this, I'm sure what's going to happen is that uh, as soon as we release this, which is going to be very, very soon, and it goes to YouTube as well, um, people are going to say, well, I want the full length. Um, but we're no. going to, we're going to try to see uh, how this method works and how it's received first and, and then go from there. They'll be able to uh, publish this directly from PowerPress and from the Blueberry Podcaster dashboard. So they'll be able to, and basically what it does is as soon as you hit publish, then we schedule it into a queue and do the processing. We need to put it up on um, Twitter, Facebook, and on YouTube if you want to go to YouTube. So is this a... A, a just a selected clip that's available from your show or is it the actual beginning of it's the show? It's the beginning. First two minutes. We're not okay. at least this version one, we're not allowing them to set the in out period. It, at some point maybe we will, but version one of this is gonna be the first two minutes. That's 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 more of a clamor yeah, function. Yeah. Now to the, do that kind of on Twitter though, it was just easier to put the whole episode up so on twitter the whole episode goes up on twitter only on facebook does and youtube do we give them a two minute sampling so but twitter does okay. get the full full length of the audio program gotcha so does a user on facebook uh do they have to click on another link to get the full they would have to, yeah, they would, and, and that's the goal is to send them back to the source episode page is basically to have them go back to the page and they do that by clicking the link in the Facebook post. Okay. Yeah, that's the goal is ultimately is to get them back to the, the episode page on the persons.com. Gotcha. So and we'll see, we'll see how the, you know, it's just a little different spin on social. And, yeah. um, it's, it's our, it's our spin. Yeah. So everyone I listen mean, to the show today, you guys get the early look, you get the early see. <laughs> yeah. I mean, lots of people have been saying for a long time that the, the key to driving listenership on your podcast is through social. And, and I, I'm just not sure that the data really supports that. It doesn't. Um, and, and it really, you know, how, how can we position social to, to actually do what the perception is out there. Well, the social, uh, the social is supposed to be the tipper, you know, the tipper to go here, you know, now, how many yeah. times have you seen What's a Facebook? The tease? It's the tease and it's the sizzle, but it's yeah. not the, yeah. the consumption platform. You know, how many times on Facebook have you seen something you say, Oh, and it, you click on it and it opens up a new window, a new tab. Yeah. You know, I, I do that every day. So that's the goal is to click them to the new tab. They get him yeah. to the, come to the page, and you get him to come to the new page. Then guess what? Then you control the the experience. Then you get to control the subscribe. You know, right there, bam! The subscribe buttons are right there. You know, every opportunity to capture a new subscriber. That's what I'm all about. So does that mean that we're we should be supplying links in social to um, true true listening platforms like iTunes instead of our website? Well, no, my, my opinion is a little different. See, you know, and, and this is what I've preached for 10 years. Yeah. Um, this is what I want them to see when they come off of social. 
I want them to come to this page and say, man, look right there. I can subscribe on iTunes, Android, email, Google Play, Stitcher, you know, all like, of them, all yeah. of them right there. I, I can subscribe right now. And oh, by the way, the content's on here, you know. So is there any kind of link that can be provided um, that would be that would be smart enough to to know what platform and device that they're on? It'd have to be on your website. It would have to be based detected on the website to be able to, as someone's clicking in, yeah. to know. And if you're mobile ready, it won't matter. The web page will will revert to the, its mobile version. But yeah, you can you can definitely do that on the on the server side. But you know if you're, you know if if you, a challenge. if yeah. well it would be kind of cool though if you think about it. You just gave me an idea, Rob. It, you know if the <laughs> if the page loads and you know it's a a Mac user, um, you know what do you put up front? You put the iTunes banner and a hot and heavy right there in front of them. You know, if they're an Android user, you put the Android options. You don't have to show the rest of the options. You show what's applicable to them on a per page load basis. That's you know, it's smart. You can you can really uh, up the ante there, but uh, you're not probably going to be able to do that on a shared hosting account. I mean, because if you're pointing people to your website, and the first thing that they see on on an Android device is the is the iTunes subscribe button. That's you're you're kind of shortchanging yourself, right? I mean, you're missing an opportunity there. Um, right. Yeah, yeah, but you know, most podcasters don't even give people that are Android users the opportunity to subscribe. They don't even have have an Android subscribe link on their page. That's true. You know what has amazed us? I, you know, Angelo um, set up this subscribe by email thing, and I, I you know, I I humored him. Because I was like, no one's going to subscribe by email. Come on. It's just, you know, and I was just, I was just, okay, whatever. It's yeah. incredible. Incredible. The number of people have subscribed by email. Incredible. So they get an email when they get, when the new show comes out. Links are there. They can play it. Bam. I, I'm just, I'm just. I'm blown away by the number of people that get their notifications and new shows is out. And, you know, it, that, you know, if you'd have some function on your website that allows people to get an email notification that you've got a new show out, you need to make sure you have it there. But Todd, if you want to want to enable that same function though, you, you can't use email. I think we've maybe even talked a little bit about this in the past. Um, um, younger people don't really use email much. No, but older people do. I know exactly, which is the largest percentage of uh, podcast listeners are thirty plus, right? Right. So I would have never thought that yeah. that people would, but it's more of a reminder thing, you know. But yeah, the younger people, my kids aren't <laughs> email. <laughs> they don't check email. Yeah, exactly. You know, it's. It's Snapchat or, or it's you know, if you SMS WhatsApp them, or, then, you know, that's probably what you want to do for the younger kids is have a, you know, notify new, new uh, show by SMS. I know a lot of podcasters do that. Yeah. But that's expensive. Well, there's know. more and more people having unlimited text, text plans. Well, these it's, days, it's, I think. It, it's expensive for the person that's pushing, not oh, for the yeah, receiver. That's right. Yeah. That's right. You know, some of the service can be as much as 15 cents a, a person. Though, 
do we think that over time, um, uh, old school text messaging is going to get ultimately replaced by more kind of peer to peer platforms? You think, uh, you know, like, like the Snapchats and the WhatsApps and I, I think for hardcore communications, I think SMS is not going anywhere anytime soon. I, I just don't, you know, I, I it's think, pro- yeah, yeah. If for fun, sure. That's going to be where they spend majority of their time. But you know, what, what does my daughter do when she needs me? It's, she doesn't call, you know, I, I, I was laughing about it on the last show, Rob, because I was driving down the highway and she texts me and it was something medical and she says, can I send you a picture? And I'm like, no, don't, don't send me a picture. Um, you know, I responded via my Bluetooth, via my hands free and, uh, you know, ding, 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 ding. And she's sending me messages and I just like, you know, tell the car, call Anna. And, uh, it rings the phone. She said, why are you calling me? I said, I'm driving. I, you, you just sent me like five texts in a row. They scrolled off my screen in the car. I said, you know, what? Let, let's talk. <laughs> you know, I was hands-free. I was safe. And, uh, but, you know, she, she was annoyed that I called her. But, I, you know, she knew I was driving. <laughs> she didn't care. Respond to me, you know. So Yeah, or, or the other thing that I see um, more and more people doing these days, too, is um, calling people and not leaving any message. Oh, that's um, all the time. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's like if I can't reach you right now, um we're not going to communicate. Yeah. I almost beg them to leave them. If you listen, if you ever called my phone and listened to the voicemail, it's like I will call you back. Leave a yeah. message. Yeah. You know, cuz I But get, especially as especially the younger generation doesn't doesn't want to do that. And I see more and more just regular people not doing it too. But but if I, you know, I get and I'm sure your phone's the same way. Sometimes you you know, you could be calling back a salesman <laughs> or you could yeah. be calling back the IRS scam or whatever it may be. You, you know, if you don't leave a message. Yeah. Yeah. For, I'll, I'll call somebody back even if they've tried to call me. Right. Um, and I'm like, so who's this? Right. I, I noticed that you tried to call me Yeah. and I'm just trying to return your call. But and uh, they seem surprised when you call know, them back know who you were right yeah. yeah they're like oh you called me back i can't believe it <laughs> yeah so you know well, i go ahead i said there's a good chance that i you know i think about it twice about calling them back under those circumstances because i like like you just said you, you don't know what you're getting yourself into but so. I, I i think just you know and i don't want to have i'm sorry pitched a bunch of our stuff here and show you what we're doing but i it just goes back to this strategy that i continue to push that if you're not giving the listeners the opportunity to subscribe and and i do it to a gross margin you know you know they see what's on the side of this website and they scroll down and around the audio player there's a oh subscribe by the video player oh subscribe you know give them three chances oh and then further down the page i've got the Another, you know, another opportunity. So I give them like four, four chances to describe the show on the page. And um, some will, some won't. But you, you got to try to capture them any way you can. Yep. But uh, Agreed. anyway, that uh, that's the stuff we're playing around with. And we'll see how it, 
response to it. Our version one. So how goes the the planning for CES and what you're what you're doing down there? Yeah, I don't know if you've been watching my new YouTube channel or not, Rob. Um, no, I've been a little little out of town the last. Yeah, so um, YouTube.com forward slash Todd Cochran, and uh, it's I'm doing some blogging. Did I say that right? Is it vlogging or blogging or how do they pronounce that? Vlogging. Vlogging. I've been corrected like five times. So or vlog. Vlog. You're a vlogger. Yes, I'm. I'm doing a vlog. Um, not blog, not not with a B, but right, with a, a v. vlog. Yeah, V. Vlog. A vlog, and it's not a daily no, vlog. Me. Maybe once a week or something like that. But, um, I I got some. We sent out an email. <laughs> Matter of fact, um, some of you are gonna love this. Uh, let me give you the background. We, we we're doing broadcasts for the past five years at CES, and um, the first couple of years was awesome. Basically, every person that came to the booth, walked away with, had a business card, had a good contact, usually had a CEO, CEIO, had a program manager, salesperson, someone in the company. So, but the past couple of years, most of those people have been brought to the booth with a handler, a PR person. And we still have the interview with the CEO, CEI, program manager, sales guy, the same person. They're not giving out business cards. Only the PR people are. Oh. So here's what I wrote in our, and one. this is one of the major reasons we're not doing live anymore at CES. And this took me a long time to get the wording right, but I still got massive feedback. It says, while we respect our friends in public relations, the past few years, we've been we've seen a decline in being able to have direct access to the vendors. This has significantly affected our access to vendors post-show and their come-to-market products and post-show interviews. The way in which PR teams act as gatekeepers to vendors has reduced the long-term value of our live coverage and, most importantly, hindered the ability to develop deeper relationships and partnerships that often led to podcast sponsorships that support our involvement in the industry. So that sentence or that paragraph has gotten me a lot of email because we sent that out to 1,063 of the people that we have talked to over the past two years at CES. And not yeah. all that feedback has been positive. And I tried to be as politically nice as possible it's 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 because you're getting more and more handled handled right? not not with inside access you're getting right. handled by I'm getting by handled the PR people by the yeah. PR people and they and they so I basically decided this year um, as part of and I and I basically go on to say that this year we'll have floor teams that will be conducting recorded interviews and live streaming from select vendors on the show floor. We will revert to only doing interviews and booths with company leads. Unfortunately, discontinued the broadcast studio limits about 120 of the 250 interview opportunities we typically conduct at the show. So I'm just putting them on notice. I'm not going to be handled in their booth. If I'm handled, we're not doing the interview. 
that's going to exclude some big companies from getting some coverage. I uh, mean, you want to get um, past those gatekeepers and get get to the product managers and the the CEOs and the right. the true leaders of the company, right. which is what what right. the foundation of what you've yeah um, been doing over the last so many years down there. Yeah. So you know, and we we basically you know try to explain to them that unlike we're not a verge we're not a gizbodo we don't have big companies behind us that are writing big fat checks it's me and uh, and the team of guys and gals that are going part of a bunch of independent podcasts and we don't have that luxury so the the you know our sponsorship packages that we i know what would happen we would say you know if you want a sponsorship package please request the sponsor package in, in, in PRP. Oh, oh, send it over. Cause they, they want to get booked, but you know what happened to that sponsorship package? It just got deleted. It got shit canned immediately. Trash folder, trash folder yeah. immediately. Yeah. So, yeah. um, because here's, here's the dirty little secret. That company is paying that PR people a job to get them PR and they want them, uh, well, the PR people, number one, don't want money that would be spent with them diverted to podcast advertising because they may not need the PR people anymore. Yep. So companies, uh, you know, have got to realize that the they're, you know, okay, I'm not asking for quid pro pro. I'm not asking to for a company to pay me to cover them at the show. That's not what we're asking for. But they also have to understand, I have to eat. And if they want us to continue to come to the show and cover them, then s- there has to be some some sponsorships at some point. From It doesn't have to be a, a, a lot. A few vendors that sponsor the content. And we only align with people that sponsor that we want to promote anyway. Because mm-hmm. here's what I've delivered every year to these people and they need and this is what the the exhibitors and vendors need to understand our post-show interviews rack up over 30 million consumer views yearly and it doesn't happen in day one it happens over a 12 or 18 month period because the, and i've talked about this many many times our strategy coming out of a show is not to be first having a piece up but it's the first to have an extensive piece up that will trend well in google so when someone is thinking about buying that product bam, I'm there because I've gotten linked back from the company. I'm number one or number two. Mm-hmm. And uh, we did some outbound, basically we did some outbound measurement testing. And uh, I was very, very conservative. So we looked at every outbound click that went to, from those millions of views on those videos, we went and looked at the outbound click to the product pages that, and this is going to blow people's minds. We, so we went to the page and we said, okay, this product was eighty nine ninety five, And if we think 10% of the people that clicked through from our articles to that page bought the product, we did 10 times, uh, we did, uh, took the total number of, let's say it was a thousand and then we uh, took 10% of that, it was 100, and multiplied that by 89.95 to come up with a, um, 
an average number of dollars spent on those pages. How much do you think of those 30 million views, Rob, only using a 10% buy criteria for those that click through to the product page? How much, and that might have been high, how much do you think we probably brought to them dollar-wise? I would say it's a pretty pretty significant number if you had that kind of click-through. I don't know what the number would be. We estimate around $10 million in product purchases. If only 10% click through to the product page where they could buy the product. Now, And that's why a lot of, a lot of these big companies look at PR as just another form of advertising. So, you know, so yeah. they, the vendors got to understand the value that, yeah. that we bring. If, okay, if I'm not there, guess what? That wouldn't have happened. Yep. You know, so my model's different. And in, 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 in just because I'm a podcaster, I'm not the New York Times. I'm not uh, Business Week. I'm not Verge. Those folks are all being paid a salary to be there by their employers. They've paid for the booth. They've had a million dollars worth of production. They're there to do coverage. Sure, they're, you know, in a sense, those vendors are making money from those outlets. But uh, no one did two hundred. No one else does two hundred and fifty interviews. The Verge Live last year did about uh, fifty. Yeah. Um, and it was only the top dogs: Ford, Samsung. It wasn't the guy there with a the ten by ten booth. So I'm changing strategy back up. I'm going back to we're just going to do four teams, and I'm not. I'm not going to be handled. They can kiss my ass. So you're just going to kind of walk into the booth and put a microphone up to somebody, right? Well, we're going to walk and we're going to find what we, okay. So that was another problem. I tried to do as much, you know, we would get uh, 500 people that would apply for 108, oh no, about 150, 120, um, kind of spots. spots for live. And uh, I'd get 500 vendors that would apply for live, and we'd I'd have to go and sort through them, and I would vet out, you know, like you know, I go to the product page, and I'm like, okay, he makes uh, cell phone covers, and eh, you know, that guy's out, you know, and just and I went through, and I would, and we would come up with, and usually by the time it was um, the show started, I'd have about 90 percent of the spots filled, and invariably I would have someone show up with something they weren't supposed to. Of course, the the host is sitting at the table. The guy sits down. He's got a different product than what he promised to bring. And you're like, you've got to be kidding me. You know, you're prepped to talk about one thing. They bring another, and it's something that you don't really want to waste 10 minutes on. So what we'll be able to do is by walking the floor, we may not get as much volume, but I can say, nope, 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 nope. Yes, that's something my audience re relates with. We're just going to go old school. We're going to do it the way we used to. Is it going to be harder? Oh, my God. Yeah, it's going to be harder. It's going to suck. And I'm not going to get as much stuff. You know, if, if I come out of the show with, uh, personally, with 50 interviews, I'll be happy. But I, So would you still do, like, a... Like some live or yeah, we're like going to do some daily wrap-up live yeah. Wrap up live, yeah like on Facebook or something? We're going to do a daily wrap-up, and then I will just invariably, if I'm at, uh, if I walk in someplace and I say, man, this is really cool, we'll do 10 minutes of live, and we'll come up on Facebook, you know, and do yeah. 10 minutes and drop it into the, and it's done. It's, it's out there, it's up, and then we'll publish it later. So, but I'm, you right. know, 
then we'll cross do your it. fingers that uh, you can actually get a get a data connection to do that, or well, or would you, you do had, it from your hotel we, room? No, we've had no problem with the data from the floor the last couple of years. They've been really good. They've really, well, yeah, they've they've done well, unless something changes dramatically. So, so would you use one of those? Um, probably those, use Mevo those, or something. Okay, so you wouldn't use like a live stream box or something like that. No, to, nope. Okay. My little itty bitty Mevo that will fit on top of my my camera rig will, you know, my Mevo will sit, you know, here or somewhere. You know, I'll put a, a shoe port somewhere, and it'll, it'll just sit there. And when I need to go live, I just click the live button and use my iPhone and be done. So, is it going to get the same number of live numbers? Nope, I don't care. We might set, we do have a working room. The CEA has provided us a broadcast working room, 10 by 10, I think is what I've got. And uh, we're going to have broadband internet in there. I can set up something and in, in stream if I want to. That'll stream the stuff that we've recorded during the day. But I'm not, it's not going to be my main focus. So was the CEA kind of disappointed that you weren't going to be doing? I, I told them. I told them exactly what I've told you. I didn't mince any words. I yeah. told, listen, this is this is where I'm at, and you know, and and it's it's a twenty to twenty five thousand dollar bill for me to do the live part of the show to do live security. Uh, the whole nine yards shipping shipping alone is thirty five hundred bucks and the, yeah. food is five hundred dollars a day the oh, power and the internet power yeah everything yeah. you know and i and I've done real good at reducing costs in you know the team that comes in are volunteers uh the team that I support I give them you know a a, a per diem essentially give them money to spend or try to feed them all the time you know so you know it's not hotels you know it's uh transportation everything it just adds up so this year it right now i'm actually working to get my a camera guy and might be one of don bain's uh uh co-workers that works in their company that's going to come out and do the camera work for me for the four days but i'm largely going to be uh solo for some stuff and that's fine with me so are you going to be wired uh, with your microphone, or are you going to do wireless? Oh, uh, I'll do wireless. Always do wireless. Yeah, it's you don't know. Never do wired because <laughs> people walk through your shot, and then stuff is splattered on the floor. Yeah, <laughs> not a good thing. No, not a good thing. It's just, luckily they don't walk through you half the time. But, broken lenses and oh broken yeah, video cameras. Not yeah. not funny. As a matter of fact, uh. You know, I'm trying to go with shipping just one box, and it's be the backup gear. It'll be a backup camera. It'll be the back, you know, the backup stuff will get shipped, and hopefully, I never have to open it up and pull anything out. And if I do, then I will. But if I don't, then that box would just go back as it came. I'm going to take everything I'm going to use at the show with me on the airplane. So, how goes your your podcast, Legends Podcast? What's slow what's new with that? Slow. I need to get some people booked. Uh, matter of fact, I'm, I, I just got to get someone that, that can do the booking for me. That's my problem right now is I'm, I just don't have time to book people. As you, as you well know, it's a challenge. 
Yeah, and it appears to be getting more difficult all the time. It it didn't used to be as challenging as it is now. Yeah. So, I don't know why that is. Why that's happened that way? Yeah, it's 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 rough, you know. And I like to do uh, Saturday morning uh, interviews. It just works for my schedule so much better. But anyway, that's that makes it even harder. So you did hear we bought a leaf, right? I did. I saw that on your Facebook page. Yeah. Congratulations. Yeah. Welcome to the family. Well, uh, it wasn't my first choice in vehicles. It's my, it's, it was my <laughs> wife's choice. So I'm whatever. It, oh, okay. I've been, been a single car family for three years, not by choice. So any car, it could have been a Costa Canarly, and I wouldn't have cared. Do you know what a Costa Canarly is? No, I don't. A car that can coast down one hill and can hardly get up the next. That, that, <laughs> that's, it could have been that. <laughs> I got you. Yeah, okay. I was actually trying to. I had a, you know, as as much as I don't like Chevy because they took the bailout money, I was. Yeah. I said, why don't you buy the Chevy Volt? We couldn't wait for the Bolt. B O L T. She needed a vehicle, and I said, why don't you buy the Chevy Volt? That way, you've, you're on electricity, you got the EV status, but you got nine gallons of gas to back you up and to run the the, you know, sign enough generator. power to the yeah. generator to run around. And she just didn't want to do it. But not so now she's married to the charger. Uh so we'll see how that goes. So have you you driven the car? Haven't driven it. Nope. Nope. She's got two hundred and fifty six miles on it and, and I'm quite happy to be in my gas guzzler. <laughs> <laughs> Todd, you gotta get in it and drive it. Well you if there's experience. Well, that. when the Lexus comes out I'll I'll make that decision then <laughs> not the lexus the uh uh oh, the, the tesla the model s yeah whatever the no, thirty two thousand no, dollars model the model three yeah sorry yeah tesla that's what she, she actually wanted that car but i'm like well you have to wait two years honey <laughs> yeah there's there's gonna be a pretty long waiting list for that car i think yeah te- people tesla just you know if my wife wants one that tells me how big the demand's gonna be but we leased the leaf uh, put 3.5 K down 15,000 miles a year and, um, uh, just about $200 a month. And, um, she That's gets, good. yeah, the parking at the airport's $108 a month. So really it's the cars, you know, averaged it out. It would have been 300 bucks, uh, with, you know, with a down payment per, per month for 36 months. But it, with the savings at the airport, I'm actually like uh, 192 is, uh, you know, my thought process that's what the cars cost me a month so i'd have paid so did you go out and get one of the one of the garage chargers haven't i haven't yet so so you're still charging off of a 110 she's uh there's enough charging stations here she can plug in almost anywhere so hawaii's got pretty good charging network so um not a lot of the high speed ones but the average ones so her round trip's 40 miles um, but I will get the garage one cause I, I make enough excess power here. I figure that I can get about 10 free charges a month before I dip into my, uh, electricity because of my solar. So let me ask you a question, Rob. It's got a 30 KW battery. Does that mean it takes 30 kilowatts to charge it? Um, well, it's. You've got a faster uh, charger than I have. Uh, I think you have a, I think a six kilowatt charger. I uh-huh. believe. Yeah. So it's going to charge a little quicker. 
I'm just not sure how much faster it is on 110. But does that, well, 110 slow, but does it, yeah. if it's a six kilowatt charger, does that mean it uses six kilowatts an hour to charge? Is that what it's going to run on the meter? Probably. On the, I, I would yeah. say that's probably a pretty good yeah. uh, projection okay. on how long it would take for a hundred percent charge. But so how far does she drive round trip? 40 miles. 40 miles. So you're going to use. She can do two round trips without a charge. Yeah, see, but you but you need to charge it only eighty percent. Why is that? Keep that in mind. Why is that? Yeah, because it cuts down on your your lithium uh, degradation. She's so, gonna she's gonna have it for three years. She don't care. <laughs> okay, charge it a hundred percent then, Todd. Okay, so if you only charge it to eighty, it gets a longer life, huh? Yeah, correct. Uh -huh. I I have um, mine set to eighty percent. Yeah. So it's kind of like, I mean, this is how I like to explain to people. It's kind of like driving a car that has a, maybe a three and a half to four gallon gas tank in it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, wow. so you have to keep that in mind when you're driving it. Now that model that you have there is, has a it'll little go, bit more battery than mine does. It, yeah. Mine, it'll, it'll go 108, um, 108 miles is the range. Yeah. Mine, but that's going to vary yeah. a, a little bit based on the It'll terrain yeah. and the weather. Yeah. Uh, you have pretty Bad consistently traffic. warm weather there, yeah. so you're going to get a little bit better range than I would get in the wintertime. Cold is um, not that great for the, the leaf as far as range goes. She makes a lot of power going to work because she's in traffic a lot, a lot of braking, so that yeah. helps too. Which is so. good. So, I mean, it's, it shouldn't be too bad. Um, I mean, I find that I don't use that much of the battery. If she's driving, f what would you say? 40 miles yeah, round, round trip? trip. Yeah. Okay. So she's only going to use about half of the battery every day. Well, she doesn't even use that much because remember we got a 30 kilowatt. You have a probably 24. So yeah, yeah. yeah I have a 24. Yeah. So. So we'll see. I'll keep, I'm going to be looking at the, you know, how much juice it uses to charge it. That's the main thing. But, you know, I'm making excess power on my panels now. And unless I plug the neighbors in, the, the power company gets at the end of the month. So I'd rather have just a little bit of bill and not let them get a dime and maximize my. <laughs> yeah, it actually doesn't use that much electricity to charge it, actually. So. I think I paid um, in, in Seattle, I think I paid maybe less than a dollar to, to charge it. So that would be about four dollars here based upon the, the Probably, cost of electricity yeah because yeah. yeah, you have higher higher electricity yeah, rates yeah they said five dollars a charge here but okay if that was empty though that was if the battery was drained yeah we're at, and you're rarely going to be draining and frankly you don't want to be drained right well, well we'll see how she does she has to manage that not me <laughs> yes that's true <laughs> we're uh we're at 90 minutes uh so i hope you guys had a good time with us today and uh but we covered a lot of ground and talked a lot of news and i think we'll be back here are you available next saturday rob yeah uh -huh. all right so we'll be back here next saturday same bat channel at 8 9 a.m pacific we'll be live so if you want to join us if you want to hang out ask questions in the chat room those of you that were live with us today thanks we were up and down with numbers but as close we get to holidays i know people are busy but uh thanks for tuning in rob where can they reach you uh, probably the best way is uh, rob at spreaker.com uh, or rob at robgreenlee.com. Uh, those those two email addresses are, are great. And I can also be found at, at robgreenlee, or not at robgreenlee, but just robgreenlee.com. 
So and I also do a live show every Wednesday at 3 p.m. Pacific called the Spreaker Live Show at SpreakerLiveShow.com. And you can reach me at GeekNewCentral.com for my tech show twice a week, every Monday, Thursday. Of course, here at the new media show at NewMediaShow.com. At GeekNews is the Twitter account if you want to drop me an email. It's GeekNews at gmail.com. Of course, uh, happy to help you over at Blueberry as well if you've got something else going on over there. All right, everyone, thanks for being here. Thanks for hanging out with us. I hope you enjoyed the show. Send your feedback to us. We want to hear it. We have been getting some email from some listeners. Thank you so much for your feedback. And uh, and and we've uh, I know Rob replied to the last one, so thanks so much for that. And everyone, everyone, take care. We'll see you next time here on the New Media Show. Thank you.